0: Let's uh, let's turn to page 639. Uh, Page
1: 639. Uh, Folks, if if we're at our wit's end, if we've got a problem in our lives,
0: uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all all ye that are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's love on each other a little bit, have some fellowship.
1: Alright, right, as you're making your way back to your seat, make sure you grab your Bibles. Turn to uh, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. We're going to sing our theme song for the month. All right, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, 1 John 4, 7. You guys got it. You're getting it. Alright. Be loving. Let one. We have a couple missionaries with us, Joy and Jovi, and so I'm going to have them come. and uh, uh, They're missionaries to the Philippines. I, I got to be careful because I want to say Philippians every time. But, uh, but uh, won't you come up and give uh, a word of testimony and just tell what the Lord's doing in your word?
2: Um, good evening, church. And I am Jovilini Dolmo, and, and I am Jairini Joy Mejia. And we are Lady, Lady Missionaries, Missionaries to the Philippines. Philippines. And we are, first of all, we are sorry for preacher and for you, for you, church, for uh, being here. Uh, surprise. <laughs> we don't have any meeting tonight, so we asked Pastor Shannon if. Um, if there's any church that he knows where we could visit near here. So this is the one that he told. And we believe that um, being here is not um, a surprise or not accident. And we believe that God has a purpose why he placed us here tonight. And um, we asked Pastor Brown if um, we could be able to speak for at least just five minutes. And we are hoping that our presentation would be at least five
3: minutes. (laughs) So um, first of all, we want to thank you for allowing us to be able to go to your church to share what God has laid in our hearts for the people in Philippines. We are here because we have a desire. My desire began six years ago. I thank the Lord and praise the Lord for uh, because at a very young age, Um, My father, who is a pastor, uh, shared and explained to me the love of God and the only way to heaven, which is Jesus Christ. As, As I get older, I also realize the need of people to hear about Jesus Christ. There are many people in the Philippines who are into these religious beliefs and practices, like Roman Catholics, Muslims, and Iglesia Ni Cristo, They try to believe those things can make them go to heaven. And also, there are lots of children. There's a lot of women and teenagers who doesn't know Christ as their personal savior. They try to search for ways on how they can be able to go to heaven. My desire is to be able to share to them the greatest gift of all, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Church, my desire is for children, women, and young people who
2: are lost and blinded by this world. I am also burdened with young women who are struggling um, with issues of pregnancy at their early age. I know that here in America, they, all, they are also uh, having, struggling by that issues, just like the same in the Philippines. and. Uh, if God, and I really thank the Lord, because um, if God didn't save me, I might be one of them. That's why I am really thank the Lord for, God, for, for sparing my life. That's why we are here. And uh, you know, I've never heard about Bible, and even the stories about Bible, for 14 years. And I thank the Lord because... Um, there was a time where my pastor preached about job, and that was my first time heard about the stories about job and uh, I do believe that that time God is leading me to understand the true salvation is and uh, i that time I know that in my heart I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ through the share also of the of my pastor 's wife she shared to me that In this world, there is only one hope. There is only one friend. There is only true love, which is from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to accept him as your personal savior, you will find that true hope. You will find that true happiness in your heart. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And I'm really thankful for that. And being Save, I got involved to a ministries in the Philippines, which is children ministries and also music ministries. And that's why I want, the desires of my heart is I want to share to those young people, to those children, to those women in the Philippines on what I've learned being a Christian, on what my pastors and my pastor's wife did to me which is to train, to share the gospel to them. And uh, we don't know, maybe some, some of them in the future, they might be also become uh, missionaries, uh, pastors, or even Sunday school teachers. We don't know, but God knows. Right now, I am praying to the place, in the province of Bataan, and uh, in the town of, called Limai, which is the city and where there are 12 villages, an estimated by 70,000 people. And most of them are devoted Catholics. So I am praying that before I go back, I, ha- I still have 80 more days to go before I go back to
3: the Philippines and help me to pray for it. I will go to the province of Pangasinan in the city of Alaminas. It has 39 villages with almost 100,000 population. That is why we are
2: here today. We are not doing this for ourselves. And we are doing this for God and for his great commission, which is to share the gospel to the lost. And uh, folks, as ladies, we cannot build a church. We cannot lead a church. But we believe that we can still be part of it. by planting seeds of God's word into the lives of children, young people and women. We believe that when there is a mission, there is a provision. We are praying for uh, churches or individuals, friends or endeavors or even Sunday school classes that could be able to support us monthly. And we don't know, but we believe in God's leading. In God's leading, He could be able to lead a heart of people. We don't know if there is someone here that um, leading by the Lord, but we believe that for with God,
3: nothing shall be impossible. With this amount, like, the amount you'll be giving to us will be separated into two. You will be able to support two different ministries. She will start in Bataan, and I will start in Pangasinan. That is two different places in the two provinces in the Philippines, which are five hours away from each other. This monthly support will be used for um, our needs in the ministry, like transportation, communication, and also we want to support uh, missionary workers and local pastors who can't afford to go here in America or who are, have no opportunity to go here in America to raise their own support. Maybe some of you will not be able to go to our country, but you can still be a part of the ministry there. Church, we need
2: your prayers. We are praying for partners who have the desires to reach the lost souls just like what we have. We want to disciple them and help them to grow in the ministry. Friends, we want to ask you something. Do you have the desire to reach lost people?
3: What is your heart's greatest desire today? As the Bible says in Romans 10:1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And that is also our prayer for the people in the Philippines, that That they they might might be be saved. saved. To God be all the glory. We have brochures. We don't have all the time that we need to explain everything to you. We have brochures, and it has everything you need to know like our ministry in the Philippines and also our ministry here in America. So later, we will just distribute one to each, all of you. Thank you you so much, and and God God bless you.
1: Thank you, ladies. We'll be praying for them. Amen. And they're doing the work uh, as they acknowledge uh, the great need there in the Philippines and uh, um, uh, reaching the children and the women. And what a wonderful, wonderful... Ministry that they'll be a part of, and uh, you pray for them, and uh, they'll have a prayer card on the back. We'll meet you at the back, and you can pray for them and uh, take a prayer card with you. I do appreciate you being here again this evening in the Lord's house. I hope and pray that you had a wonderful day. And uh, how many got a nap today? A couple of you got, got naps today. Um, I didn't scare my wife today, so she didn't. She said, "I'm not even going to try to take a nap tonight or today." So. Uh, I didn't get a chance to scare, her, so. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, I wasn't gonna do it down after last week. I tell you, I went home and she beat me up and all kinds of things. Uh, uh, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I do appreciate you being here tonight, and I hope and pray that you've already been blessed. It's uh, it's been already been encouragement to me to be in the Lord's house. Had good services today, and a good number out, and appreciate all those that came out. Uh, I was praying about what the Lord would have me to bring tonight, and so. Uh, there was a song that came to my heart uh, when I was preparing for this, but uh, a song called, uh, uh, That's What the Altar is For. Um, it was a Ray Bolt song. I'm not promoting him, but I'm, uh, the song was a good song. It says, the service is near, nearing an end. The choir is singing just as I am. And now, as the old song is played, people are at the altar, are kneeling down to pray. Some are finding mercy, forgiveness for their sin. Some are fighting battles and their struggle to win. The time has come to give them to the Lord. That's what the altar is for. It goes on to say that's what the altar is for. And I, I think that oftentimes that we have this misconception, this uh, wrong idea what the altar is really for. Uh, sometimes we think it's the altar is only for sinners that need they need to be saved. No, the altar is more than just. For sinners that need to be saved. And uh, sometimes uh, we have this, this wrong idea of what the, the altar is all about. In the Old Testament, the patriarchs would, uh, would erect altars as symbols of God's presence, His power, His provision, and His protection in their lives. In Genesis eight twenty, the Bible says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord. Access to God always has been through His altar. Man comes to God on God's terms, and it must always be according to God's demands. The word altar is used in the Bible several times and has various meanings. Many times, uh, men of God would build an altar to signify uh, compliance with the Lord, as God has told them to build an altar there, or, or because of a victory, or uh, to show their commitment to the Lord. In the Old Testament, the altar was there uh, also a place of sacrifice uh, where they would bring their sacrifice and, and uh, lay it upon the altar. And the Jews had an altar on their, which their sacrifice were offered. Uh, uh, and this was a sacred place. This wasn't something that they, they trampled upon. This was something that was uh, erected for the glory of God and to bring to remembrance the things that God has done in their lives. Even one time, Abraham was willing to set his son on Isaac on the altar. If you remember the story, God spared his son. And just as he went to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, kill his son, uh, the Lord uh, stopped him and uh, provided a, lamb, a ram that was caught in a thicket. You remember this story. The altar was a place of sacrifice. It was also a place of the Lord's presence. The reason for building an altar was to praise him for the victories that were won. Um, Joshua defeated uh, Am- Amalek and, and his people. The Bible says in uh, Exodus chapter 17, verse 9, it says this And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose you out uh, men and go out, fight with Am- Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him. ...and fought with Amalek and uh, Moses and Aaron and Ur... ...went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands and Israel prevailed. But what happened when his hands... Uh, ...the Bible says and when he let down his hands, Amalek uh, prevailed. Moses, But Moses' hands were heavy and they, uh, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat under, uh, sat thereon. And, and Aaron and Ur... And her stood, stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then it goes on to say, just a couple of verses later, it says, And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is of my banner. And the altar is a wonderful place. And in the New Testament... The cross was an altar, and the Lord sacrificed himself there, and, and now expresses the altar uh, by a, dealing with the heart of man and the intentions of the heart. While the, the word altar still means and stands for a place of sacrifice in the New Testament, the message that Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice who put us right with God is the theme of the New Testament. The altar in the Bible were places of sacrifice. Beyond that function, the altar was also a place of God's presence. The altar is a wonderful place. Many times in the Bible, when enemies would come through, and they, what they would do is they would come through and they'd see altars erected, and what they would do is they would destroy those altars, and uh, doing harm. and And I believe that in our society today, that we've uh, we've got some altars that are broken, but not beyond repair. And I believe there's are some areas in our lives that we need to uh, we need to get back and to the altar. We need to get back to some things. And and the Bible says, and this is where our, our theme verse is for tonight. In First Kings chapter number eighteen, and verse thirty. First Kings eighteen, verse thirty. The Bible says, and Elijah said unto all the people, "Come near." unto me and all the people came near unto him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down broken but not beyond repair let's pray our heavenly father lord we do thank you again for your word we thank you for the altar how we can come to a place of your presence and it's a place of protection a place of provision and Lord, a place of prayer, and Lord, I, I thank you for how you have established that in the Word of God, and Lord, I pray that uh, uh, as we uh, pray, as we preach this message tonight, Lord, that men and women, boys and girls would uh, ultimately realize that the altar is not just a place for a lost soul, but a place for, uh, for those that are um, not right with you, but also for those that are right with you and just want to offer a sacrifice of praise to you. Lord, I pray that you do a great work tonight, that you will get the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. We do thank you for the young ladies that came tonight and presented their ministry. Lord, I pray that you would bless them and and, uh, meet their needs financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, we do thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you just three or four uh, thoughts tonight about this broken but not beyond repair. Number one... I want us to look at the altar of forgiveness. The altar of forgiveness. The altar of forgiveness is... This altar is here for us to seek forgiveness. Uh, We have been... Maybe you've been under conviction. God has spoke to your heart during a message or uh, throughout the week. And and you just just need some time alone with the Lord. It isn't necessarily this altar up here. It could be an altar at your house. It could be uh, a place that you get alone with the Lord. And you present your... uh, Confess your faults, your sins before a holy, righteous God. And seek His forgiveness. You know, I think that many times... Today, the altar of confession has been trampled over, and we've uh, almost destroyed it. And uh, because we haven't, we're not willing to come to the altar and confess our sins before a holy, righteous God. Let me tell you, folks, when God deals with our hearts about sin in our lives, uh, it isn't—it isn't very wise of, of us to. Uh, to go on, uh, to walk out of these doors after the conviction of the Holy Spirit has been dealing with our hearts, to walk out and do nothing about it. You know what happens is what we are doing, we're hardening our hearts. And before you know it, we continue to harden our hearts. And before you know it, it's, it's that eminent stone that, uh, that the Bible speaks about. We need to be careful of this. Many times, uh, we don't want to come to the altar because of conviction. We're we're convicted. We're afraid what people might think. Uh, but we think, well, if I come to the altar, then people are going to know that I'm not right with God. Who cares what people think? Who cares what people know? The fact of the matter is, is that none of us at all the time all the time are right with God. We need we need to come to the altar and make uh, make sure that God uh, uh, is still speaking to our hearts. I, I when I was in. Uh, chapel in, in Bible college I remember uh, a preacher uh, that came across he said "He says there's two reasons to come to the altar number one he says you come to the altar because God spoke to you he says the second reason you come to the altar is because God didn't speak to you I think that's good. The reason we should come to the altar is because God speaks to us or because he didn't speak to us in that message. That tells me if God isn't speaking to you or to me in a specific time in a message, then that means my heart's probably not right with God. So we need to be in tune with the Lord, how the Holy Spirit of God, hey, he works in in spite of us many times it's because of conviction Jeremiah uh, often it's conviction of uh, the wickedness of our hearts the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who could know it Jesus told the Pharisees that their problem was their evil hearts Matthew 23:26 is Uh, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. God's saying, hey, work on the heart. Get your heart clean before God. Listen, folks, when uh, the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with your heart about a specific issue, then you know what the thing of it is? It would behoove us to get right and get in front of a holy, righteous God and bear our iniquities and our sins before the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned against you and against thee alone. Have I sinned? See, the thing that stands between God and our pleasing Him is many times the wickedness of our hearts. In Psalm sixty-six eighteen, it says, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me." Hey, listen to me. As hard as we may try to cover our, up our sin and try to hide our sin, it can't be hid. The Bible says in Mark seven twenty-one. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulterers, and fornication, murders, and thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceitful, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within that defile the man. Adam and Eve tried to hide, uh, tried to hide themselves in the garden, but God knew exactly where they were. Achan tried to cover up his sin, but God knew exactly where his sin was. You see, we may be able to fool everyone else. We may be able to fool our families. We may be able to fool our spouses, our children, our parents, whatever the fa- uh, uh, whoever it is. But we cannot fool God. The Bible says in Numbers 32, 23, Behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. God sees. Hey, listen to me very carefully tonight. God sees the things that we're doing. God knows our hearts and He knows our minds. God knows exactly what's going on in your thought process right now. God knows what's going on in your heart of hearts. See, confessing our sin is... It's something that we need to do on a daily basis. Now, we're all, I can tell you this, there's there's not one day that, I, that goes by that I don't sin. I'm not saying that bragging. I'm saying that's because I'm a sinner. I fight. The Bible says, Paul said this, that which I do, I do not. The things that I would do, those are the things I don't do. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Folks, we, if Paul said it, one of the, Probably the greatest Christians that walked in shoe leather. I mean, I think we all need to examine ourselves. See, many of us have not gotten sick enough of our sin. And that's probably the reason why we continue in sin. And many times the reason that it's not sticking as much as it should be is because of accountability. God deals with our hearts. And I talked to Brother Travis about this some time ago, but I remember a time, he was telling me too, that men and women... When God would deal with their hearts, would deal with them about, the Holy Spirit would deal with them about a specific thing. They'd come to the altar in a way of accountability. They'd come before the church and they'd say, listen church, I haven't been doing, I haven't been right with God. I haven't been reading my Bible like I should. I haven't had a prayer life like I should. I haven't, I haven't been doing, I haven't been soul winning like I should. I haven't been doing these things like I should and, and God dealt with me tonight, and I want to get right with God, and I want you to pray for me. You know what that would do in our lives? Make people pray for it. Hey, it's great for accountability, but you know what it also does? It has other people saying, you know what, I remember Pastor Rick was saying, hey, there were some things that wasn't right in his life. I need to pray for him. I need to pray, not for casting judgment, but but say, Hey, I want, I want God's blessings on my life. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. I need your prayers. The old boy said, I need your prayers and you need to practice. <clears throat> the Bible says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The confession altar, the time to seek uh, forgiveness, is needs to be repaired, and I I believe folks need to find a place at the altar tonight, and and confess our sins before a holy, righteous God and seek forgiveness. But then I want you to notice number two, the altar of fellowship, the altar of fellowship. It's the altar is here for fellowship, for communion with God. You know, sometimes, and like I said, it's not just. Right here in front of the, the pulpit. That's not just the altar. I'm talking about your prayer life, your, your altar that you have at home. Some people, they pray in their car. It's that communion time that they have with the Lord. That's what the altar's for. The Bible says in 1 John 1.6, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What could happen if we had... This altar filled every service with folks praying for the power of God and praying for God's communion with them and saying, God, I want your fellowship in my life. I don't want sin in my life. I want to make sure I'm right with you. What would happen in our churches today? What would happen in our country today? What would happen in our homes today if men and women, boys and girls, would find a place at the altar and say, God, hey, I want to have that sweet communion with you. I want to have that sweet fellowship with you once again. We have this this stereotype, we have this idea that the altar is just for the wicked, the, the sinners that need to be saved. No, folks, that's not the only reason for the altar. What could happen? The Bible says in Acts 17, 6, it says, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. What would happen in our little community if, if we would just uh, get around the altar and commune with God and get that sweet fellowship once again back with God? What would happen in our country? The Bible says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble them say, themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their lands. What could happen if... If we would uh, pray with a burden from God to see souls saved, what was the Lord's purpose? To seek and to save that which was lost. And what if we had His burden for souls? You know what, folks? You know, I'm not trying to get on a hobby horse tonight, but here's the thing. We pray for our food, and we, we say our, a few prayers in the morning. Lord, look after my children today, and that's fine and dandy. That's great, but folks, we need to have more than a prayer life than just a shallow prayer life. It needs to be more than just throwing up a few prayers for what we think we need in our lives, and that's it. No, it's prayers, as Brother Danny done that wonderful devotion there a few weeks ago uh, on the word Acts, and. Adoration and confession and thanksgiving and uh, and then uh, su- supplication that stuck with me. Why? Because we need to have that in our lives. We need it needs to be more than just Lord bless us food in Jesus name. Amen. Now don't don't look at me like I'm the only one that's done that because we all have. But it needs to be more. Prayer needs to be more than just just praying for our food. It needs to be a communion time with the Lord. What would happen if we would just Get back to the time of fellowshipping with the Lord and, and time of prayer. We need to, this altar of fellowship. We need to be praying for salvation of souls, but also for more service, saints for the service. You know, the Bible says there in Luke 10 too, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. We have two young ladies here tonight with us. You know what? They're going into the harvest they're, they're probably, I'm sure, in their prayer life, they're praying God send more labors into the harvest because there's 70,000 in one village or in a combination of villages in one of the ladies' areas and then 100,000 in another. That's going to be hard to reach with just one lady. I'm sure they're praying for more to send more labors. You know what we need here in our church? More labors. Not only do we need to pray for laborers, but we need to pray that the Lord will use us to bring Him honor and glory and praise. We need to pray for our children and loved ones to be used by God. You know, my greatest desire is not that my children become rich and wealthy and just famous and all that. That is not my greatest desire. My greatest desire, the reason I'm putting my girls through piano right now is because I want them to be used of the Lord In the ministry, that would be my greatest desires to know that my children are serving the Lord. Can I get an amen there? I mean, isn't that a wonderful thing? I know many of you have children that are serving. I know some of you have uh, uh, children that are adults that are serving. And uh, what a wonderful thing! Praise the Lord for that. I know your heart's desires to see your children serving the King of Kings. But then I want you to notice. The altar of faithfulness. The altar of faithfulness and commitment. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is a physical commitment. A living sacrifice, Paul is challenging them to devote themselves to God, to give themselves wholly to the Lord, saying, God, I don't belong to myself, I belong to you. I've been bought with a price, therefore I'm going to glorify you with my body. So that means wherever you send me, God, I'll go. Wherever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. See, you were bought with a price we're to glorify Him. But then also it's a spiritual commitment there in Romans twelve two, It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. There will be no spiritual commitment without an offering of sacrifice. There's no spiritual commitment without an offering of sacrifice that has been designed by God himself. Man does not have the freedom to decide what the sacrifices are going to be. Sometimes we say, okay, God, this is what I'll do. God, I'll go to, and I'm guilty of doing this too when I was younger. I say, God, I'll go anywhere but New York City. (laughs) I hate New York City. But you know what? I believe if God calls me to New York City, he'll also put within me a heart for New York City. But many times, often what we, 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 we do with God, we say, God, I'll go anywhere, but don't send me to Africa. Don't send me, don't send me to North Korea. Don't send me to these places. God, I'll go anywhere else. Hawaii looks awful nice this time of the year. Isn't that, aren't we guilty of that? God, oh, I surrender all, as long as it's in Hawaii or... I've always wanted to go to Australia. I think it would be neat to go there. That's what we do. Folks, when we, when we offer sacrifice to the Lord, we're not saying this is what I'll do. We're saying, God, here am I. God, here am I. You use me. How You use me, abuse me. Do whatever you need to do with me for your glory. See, we're talking about faithfulness and commitment. What we've made, we've, we've all made commitments to God and at the altar and say, Lord, if you just get me through this, then I'll be more faithful to this. Or I'll be more committed to this. Folks, the altar is for a time of faithfulness. But also, on the last thing I have for you, the altar of fire. The altar here is to strike a fire continually within us. You know, God never called us to be lukewarm Christians. God said he'd rather us be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. I believe God is really what he really wants us to do is to be on fire for the Lord. He wants us to catch the flame, to to burn for Christ. The Bible says this in Hebrews 13, 15. It says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Let Let me share something with you. If we're praising God continually, you know what? We're going to be on fire for God. If we're praising God continually for His wonderful works and His mighty uh, miracles in our lives and how good He's been to us, if we're praising Him, we're going to be on fire and excited about the things of God. Folks, is He not worthy of our praise? Psalm 150, verse 1, says this. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the tremble and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Uh, Praise Him unto the loud cymbals. Praise Him uh, upon the uh, high-sounding cymbals. Let us, everything that happens, a breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Thirteen times in this psalm, Psalm 150, we are commanded to praise the Lord in just these six verses. Thirteen times, I believe God is worthy, thou art worthy to receive power and glory and honor, for thou hast created all things for his glory. We are and were created. We need to praise Him for His provision. God has been so good to us. He has provided for every need. Folks, there isn't anyone in here that has a need that He hasn't supplied. Surely it is an act of pride for us to, to live on God's earth, to breathe His air, drink His water, enjoy His comforts, and not to praise Him. See, if we don't praise Him, we should be ashamed. God is so good to us. Praise Him for His salvation. We need to repair the altar. This altar of fire and get excited about God once again. Let me ask you, just just sit here, let a man examine his own heart. Let me ask you, you remember when you were on fire for God? I mean, you remember that time when you first got saved Talked to a young man today, and he was just so excited about what God was doing. Brother Tim was talking to him, too. He was, he, he was all excited about what God was doing in his life and how God, is, how God is working. And I tell you what, folks, if where has our fire gone? We need to get excited once again about the things of God. Repair these altars The Bible says again in 1 Kings 18.30, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Some today may need to repair the altar. God, I haven't been praising you like I should. I haven't been as faithful as I should. Maybe there's an altar there, of fellowship. I haven't been faithful to you. Maybe it needs repaired, but then there may be some today that needs to renew an altar. Second Chronicles 15.8, notice this, it says, And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of uh, Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Some need to repair, some need to renew, but then thirdly, I believe some need to rejoice in the altar. The Bible says in Psalm 43, 4, Then will I go into the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Folks, you know what? We need to come to the altar. It's not just for the wicked sinner. Folks, it's, let me say this very candidly. We're all wicked sinners. This altar, the altar is for each one of us. But Some need to come to the altar rejoice and to renew and to repair. And then finally, some need to receive a new altar. Make new commitments. Make new faithful, make new commitments and make new uh, um, choices to serve God. Whatever the case with you today... God can do a work in your heart. The Bible says in Acts 17:23, "For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, "To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him declare I unto you." Folks, let's find a place around the altar. If not tonight, in your private time alone with the Lord. We need to repair some things. Some things are broken down, but not beyond repair. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The altar is a place where you will find God's presence. You'll find God's provision. You'll find God's power. You'll find God's protection in the altar. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? I believe we're all home folk, but I don't want to take for granted that there might be someone here. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but there's some things. There's some things that's uh, been broken in my life. There's some things that need repaired in my life. Maybe my commitment's not what it should. My faithfulness, my fervency... My fire, I don't know what it is, but pastor pray for me. Yes, I see that hand, others. Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. Remember, this altar is not just because you're such a wicked sinner, maybe it's just you want to come and praise him tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you for making me whole. Whatever the case is tonight, would you just be obedient to him? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for the altar. Lord, how it stands for a place of your presence and your provisions, your protections, and your power. Lord, I pray that men and women, boys and girls, would find a place at the altar. And Lord, they will praise you for how good you've been to them in their lives. Lord, they'll confess to you lord they'll confess their sins before you lord that they'll get their hearts right with you lord i pray that you do a great mighty work that only you can get the praise and the glory for in jesus name we pray amen heads are bowed and eyes are closed Brother adam's going to begin playing softly i'm going to ask you to stand to your feet god has spoke to your heart tonight i'm just going to ask you to slip away just for a moment Do business with the Lord as He has dealt with you. Let me say this. If God ever deals with your heart during any time of the message, whether it's in the message... At the invitation time, harden not your heart. Say, "Well, I, I don't have the help. I just couldn't. I couldn't kneel down. I, my knees are bad." Then come forward and sit in one of these front pews. It's all. They're always open. Come and sit down and just get alone with God. I encourage you find a place with Him. for your attention. You may be seated. I'll give you just a few announcements as the men come forward for this mo- this evening's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you of a few things here. I want to remind you, I thought I had a bulletin up here. Yeah, I do. All right. Next Sunday evening, missionary uh, John uh, will be with us from the Philippines, and so I want to encourage you to be here for that. And then uh, Sunday, March the 25th, is our teen service, and uh, Friday, March the 30th, is our Good Friday service. Make sure you're here for that. It's going to be a great service. I want to encourage you to be here for that. That's at 7 o'clock here at the church. We won't be having a meal or anything. It's just going to be a service. And uh, looking forward to that. Then Sunday, April the first, is our. We're going to have a sunrise service at seven thirty. We'll have uh, after the service. We'll have breakfast, uh, pitch-in breakfast. After that, we'll have our Sunday school hour, and then we'll have our morning worship service. Uh, no PM service on uh, Easter Sunday and then on Saturday April the 7th is our prayer breakfast and then the last announcement that I have for you Friday and Saturday April the 27th and 28th is our couples retreat Uh, there's a sign up sheet on the back table if you're interested in going please sign up for that so we can make sure we have enough rooms All right, Brother Josh sir would you please ask the blessing
0: Dear Jesus I ask you to take this offering and bless it to
1: your will I ask you to you would help us all to remember the message this evening as we go about our daily lives and help us to be beacons of your word. I ask you to strengthen all of our relationships with you. In
0: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Joy and Jovi and uh, you get get their prayer card let them know that you'll be praying for them and uh, we're, gonna, we're going to we're going to take care of them, give them a little love offering tonight um, I'll take care of that out of our missions fund uh, but anyways, uh, you get by and, and let them know that you'll be praying for them tonight. I'll have them standing at the back door at the close of service Let's all stand and we'll close in word of prayer. Thank you again for being here Brother Sean McGinnis, sir, would you please close the this- our most kind and of gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you so much for giving us today another day, Lord. We worship and honor you. Lord, we just love you and thank you so much for loving us first, Lord. Thank you Pastor and his family. Pray, Lord, you put uh, a continued protection of the heads bound, Lord, keep them safe. Pray, Lord, that you would just be with each and every one of us and help us, Lord, to, uh, to draw closer to you daily. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, we'll read our Bibles, to we'll pray, to share your word with others. Lord, just remind us that we're walking amongst the dying, Lord, every day. And Lord, I do thank you again for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And just ask a special blessing upon each and every one And I ask, Lord, that you would just bring us back safely to the next appointed in time. In Jesus' name, amen.